0: Welcome to the Goddess Diaries with your host, Dawn Champagne. Come explore what it means to be a modern woman who dares to remember her sacred self.
1: It's a new year, and today we are going to talk about sound money strategies with real goddess and financial planner Mindy Crary. Now, Mindy may be an MBA, but she offers a creative twist when it comes to offering financial advice. Not only is she a certified financial planning practitioner, but also a certified life coach who bridges the gap between the energetic, spiritual, and practical sides of finance. Mindy understands that personal finance is not just about the numbers. And I've really been intrigued by her holistic approach to managing money since I first discovered her blog in 2013. Her articles and blog posts have helped me in my own life and business, and I have become quite a bit of a rabid fan, (laughs) truth be told. Um, I eagerly read her blog posts and newsletters whenever I see them arrive in my inbox. And so without further ado, I want to welcome you to the show, Mindy. Hello. Hi.
2: Thanks so much for such a great introduction. It's so wonderful to hear people talk about you in a good way.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, I just I love what you have to say. Your advice has been so helpful to me, and I feel like it will be so helpful to our listeners. So I'm happy to have you here. (laughs) And, Mindy, let's start with your background. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your journey that led you to becoming, I I call it a holistic money coach, but that may not be the correct term. So what is your title, and can you tell us a little bit about yourself? (laughs) Well, I have been struggling
2: with the proper title for over 10 years now, so holistic (laughs) money coach sounds awesome to me. (laughs) Um, Well, and really, yeah, for me, the the journey has been very interesting because I started out now almost 15 years ago in financial services uh, with a really big broker-dealer. And if anybody is familiar at all with financial services or has seen, I always call it the movie Boiler Room. um, Oh, yeah. this this concept of hiring as many people as possible and seeing who can survive. And, you know, it probably (laughs) wasn't quite as violent as Boiler Room, but um, (laughs) – But it really is. It's about it's about getting clients as fast as you can and selling financial planning and then selling the products. And um I actually I did pretty well in that environment, um, because I do, you know, really believe in connecting with people and good customer service. But for me something was really missing and uh and for me when something is missing my health tends to suffer and my uh within you know, from oh boy, you know i I'm trying to think of the years now nineteen ninety nine to about you know two thousand two, my adrenal glands burned out, my thyroid burned out, um all of this stuff happened to me, I was working too hard, I was feeling very disconnected, and had not really found the the end all solution to oh, this is what I need to transition into, and what happened for me. And what people find so amazing about my journey is that I just happened to be going to a New Age fair with a friend of mine, and we were going to see the person that she would go see for readings. And... I never thought, oh, yeah, I said, oh, sure, I'll go see it. And I wasn't, you know, I didn't turn down or I didn't turn away from what I call that time the woo-woo, but I wasn't embracing it fully either. And what I took away from that reading, in fact, she wasn't even really going to do a reading for me, but all she said to me was, Mindy, you are called to work with people and their money, but you don't have to do it in the way you think you have to do it right now. And I was like, tell me more. What does that mean? Mm
1: -hmm. And she's like,
2: that's it. Go think about that. (laughs) So so really that was, to me, um, what I finally took away from that after, you know, thinking about it for several days and probably weeks was that I really needed to start leading with how I felt about things. Because I had worked myself into what might look like from from the external into this great career in personal finance, but I wasn't feeling anything on the inside because I wasn't where I wanted to be. And so the more I started leading with how I was feeling about things, the more that entire situation unwound until about probably a year later, I was... Uh, yeah, I was working with business partners and I was offered um they they offered to buy me out of my part of the practice. And mm-hmm. they could tell I was disenchanted and you know, the business hadn't suffered at all, but so I actually had a great mm-hmm. opportunity to step away. And that was kind of for me stepping off the cliff and not knowing what was going to support me and catch me once I stepped off that cliff, but moving forward and that that was the best feeling option that had come across in a really long time. And so that started the journey of, okay, Mindy, if you don't have to offer it the way you do now, what what do you have to do? And so that led me into life coaching and that led me into more holistic, um, you know, uh, uh, c- I don't know financial planning, understanding a more non-judgmental way of of approaching these things for people, and at the end of the day, working with a portion of the population that really doesn't doesn't like financial traditional financial services in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. so <laughs> so it's been a long journey. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, for me, it really was all about looking at the energetic level rather than the external environment.
1: That's so fabulous and beautiful. Um, you recently wrote a blog post, and i I don't have it in front of me, but it was I think it was called Three Steps to Avoid Financial Security," and when <laughs> I saw that title, I was like, "Oh, what's this you know and it and it just kind of turned everything I knew about financial security on my head, but it's such a common sense approach um I know in it you said something about um, when someone says they want financial security, it's kind of nebulous or it doesn't feel like anything really. Um, and that you, and you say that it's really what you're hearing is um, I'm afraid of what will happen if I don't have financial security. And so that story that you just shared with us your, about your journey and stepping off into faith and trust. And then this, I feel, really sums up your philosophy on financial goals. So can you share with our listeners what you wrote about in that blog post, um, about, and, and especially about gaining clarity on financial goals?
2: Yeah, and, um, you know, forgive me if I, I don't have that blog post in front of me, but what you're <laughs> – so I, I write a blog post a week, and so sometimes they all run together. Oh, but sure, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but it is common theme. It's this whole idea that
0: mm-hmm. when most
2: people are looking for financial security, they're looking for it because they're afraid of what would happen if they don't have financial security. And so the definition of financial security – uh, starts to get formed in people 's lives based on what they 're afraid of happening, so running away from something instead of running towards something and so a lot of times when i 'm working with people uh you know in, in a financial planning relationship they 'll say, Oh, I want this much money in cash savings uh you know because i 'm afraid of what would happen if one of us lost our jobs and so that to me is so kind of um restrictive and and it's you know it's just that self protection of of closing yourself off from everything and really not questioning you know, and, and yes, so there's a logical component there's an economic component. What is the likelihood of me losing my job and, and what would happen? And really playing out that scenario of in the worst, you know, in the worst case of scenario, let's go down that road and see what specific parts of that scenario are you actually afraid of. And are you afraid to look at? Because I find that a lot of times when people walk through their big fear scenario, there's really just one thought or one piece that's keeping them attached to that. And if you can walk through that and really get to the core of what they're afraid of, uh, usually you can dissolve that or or they can acknowledge then that, well, that's, that's not really likely to happen. And the example that I used was the one woman who was a single mother. She was, you know, when we walked through that whole, uh, that fear cycle for her, she was really afraid that she would not be able to feed her child if she, you know, lost her job and then lost her home and and everything else. And, And what she realized when she said that was, oh, wait a minute, both of my parents live here. One of them would take me in. Both of them would give me food, and they wouldn't let that happen to me. Um, But that was something that she'd been carrying with her for a really long time, and and in her case probably since her parents had gotten divorced originally. Um, So, yeah, so for me, that whole thing about, um, you know, how to avoid financial security, it's like how do you avoid, um, or not avoid, but even just move through and get through to the other side of the fear that's associated with how you make decisions with your money. Because I can tell you, if you're making your decisions around fear, uh, they're not going to be as effective decisions as if you're making them through the idea of possibility and expansion.
1: Oh, that's lovely. And and it's a perfect segue, too. I mean, by the time this interview goes to air, it will be the new year. And... (laughs) For me, I you know, I'm kind of allergic to the word resolutions, <laughs> 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 But uh I you know, I, I feel that, you know, in terms of self improvement, it's an ongoing practice. It's not something that you ever fully resolve because you're always up leveling, right? Right. So the word resolution is just yeah, I, I try to avoid it. Um <laughs> and I love your you know, <laughs> with words. So being that it is a new year, and many of our listeners are not, most likely they, they are, you know, in the mindset of thinking about resolutions right now and focusing on goals and strategies. You know, I think you kind of said there, you know, you kind of say, started off with a really great philosophy for how to implement those in everyday life instead of, you know, making them based on fear do it from what it feels expansive so what can you say about what what, what advice can you offer when it comes to setting I don't want to use the word resolutions but goals (laughs) (laughs) for for financial fitness
2: yeah well and for me I agree that that so resolutions for me feel very punishing Um, and so when I so I really go back to the step before resolution is that what's causing me to want this this resolution? And for me, when I look back at the previous year, it's about reflecting on what went well, what didn't go well, and releasing uh, the judgment that I have for myself around the things that maybe didn't go the way I wanted them to go. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's kind of the first, the, we're getting into a lot of R's here, Re- reflect <laughs> and release, because when I reflect, and so I'll just use my own personal example here,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I uh, I go to Weight Watchers, you know, with my thyroid and adrenal burnout for, and then I broke my ankle one year, so for many years, I've oh, been... wow. I know, I know. I, I, I've been challenged for several years. Of And, you know, honestly, the thyroid thing is an ongoing thing for me. But, you know, being um, the same kind of active, uh, you know, mind-body connection that I used to have. And so uh, this past year in 2014, I really had wanted to get along further with my exercise program than I actually did. And you know on the other side of that so i can beat myself up and say oh mindy you didn't get as far as you'd hoped but on the other side of that you know my business did really well this year and so i can say well mindy you know you didn't you didn't know that this was going to be a conflict in advance but now going forward you know that uh you know the choice it doesn't have to be a choice between exercising and getting healthier and having a good business that that's not a sacrifice that you have to make either way although when i didn't think about it i felt like i was accepting appointments and clients and taking on more than i could handle and my exercise program was suffering so for me it's you know at first it's like oh you want to beat yourself up for not being where you want to be but i really do need to release judgment for that because you know, nothing that didn't happen is all bad. So if something didn't happen in your situation, you can't just beat yourself up about it because there's always a reason that you made a choice that, that you know, made maybe that goal didn't, didn't come into being. And so for me, it's really about that reflection. And so my my thing is, number one, always take stock. So when you're ready to move forward, And so now, you know, for me, the exercise thing is okay, I'm ready to move forward and commit to that. And so the first thing is always taking stock. Where are you at with this current situation? And, you know, I use the exercise thing, but I think, especially with the new year, um, you know, hopping on the scale is a really good analogy for the money thing, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times people don't want to open up their credit card bills at the start of the year, or they don't want to just even look at their bank account and see how much money they spent on everything, but at the end of the day clarity is the number one key to making sure that you start moving forward because until you have clarity uh you don't know where you're at in the current situation and so for me with exercise it's pretty easy uh you know but the next step for people you know if they're trying to lose weight or look at their money they're going to have to figure out what you know what have i done take the historical view what did i do how do i feel about it and what do i want to see happen going forward and so for me that all f- falls under that category of taking stock. And then number 2 what I always say is once you've stepped on the scale or for me, you know, once you've reflected back and seen how you've done with your exercise plan or with your money or everything else, you actually have to release judgment and forgive yourself for that. So for me and, and you know with with me in the health stuff, um I always say that, you know, when I step on the scale, I have to look at that as a data point and not make it a whole other story about who I am because that's what people do a lot of times with the money stuff too is they look at how much they're in debt or they look at you know, their, their cash savings isn't where they want it to be or their retirement savings isn't where they want it to be and they make up a story about themselves about why that is. And you really just need to not worry about the story and just say, you know what, it's not quite where I want it to be, but the good news is I'm looking at it now, and I can move forward uh, in clarity you know, from this point on. And so that's, to me, the second step that needs to happen, is to really be gentle with yourself as you kind of move into that new reality. And then finally, the third step with any resolution is you have to track your progress and results. And to me, it's almost a circle because – you know, tracking the progress and results, that's going to either inspire new actions or it's going to inspire you to adjust and adapt what you're doing already. Because if something's not working, obviously you're not going to continue to do it. But until you put in that kind of tracking a step, you're not going to know if it's working or not, or you're going to look up and three months later, like me, oh, I haven't exercised in two months, uh-oh, <laughs> I better get back on track and figure out what's going on. Um, so for me, those are kind of the three major steps to any kind of new resolution, is to take stock, forgive yourself for not making the progress, or, or forgive yourself for the story that you've told yourself up till this point, and then finally, track results and and stay on top of the results to adjust and adapt
1: where you need to. Yeah, and and so what would that tracking look like? Do you have any like um examples that you could offer like you just like spending time with your checkbook or how how would you how would that look for someone? Yeah.
2: Well, my favorite um so I always say that everything for me seems to go back to tracking your spending. And the easiest way I've found for people to do that is Mint. So Mint is personal finance tracking software. And I always say that I am a lazy budgeter, so I only use about a quarter of the capability of Mint. But I really just want to know where my money's going, so that's all I really need to know at that point. Because for me, everybody's – so I always say that the the greatest indicator of your future wealth – is your ability to save money. And your ability to save money is based on the money you spend and the money you keep. And so whenever anybody starts out with uh, with personal finance stuff, I really do encourage them to get, you know, and maybe this is only for a 90-day period, but get very specific about how much money is going out the door and what are the opportunities. And you know a lot of people come to me and say oh mindy i want to i want a budget i want to know exactly what i sh- should be spending in every single area you know of my of my you know my my spending every month and and i always say that you know what you actually probably don't need a budget for every single thing cuz i know that i don't overspend on gas and you know my insurance is the same every month so really Mint um a spending tracking software tells you where the opportunities are just by looking at your spending once I always say once a week when you get started but you know at this point I'm looking at Mint probably twice a month and it gives you the clarity that you need and so some and what I find is that based on your values some people become horrified by how much they're spending on books or like me, how much I'm spending on coffee or other people think that they can reduce the amount that they, they do on takeout. So for me, I'm never assuming that everybody's going to have the same opportunity because it's based on what you prioritize in your own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that tracking is, um, you know, through Mint.com, it's a way for those things to happen in the background. So so what I would say is that if you ignore Mint for Six months, which I've had clients that do that, and that's totally fine, but, you know, if life gets in the way and you ignore it for six months, it's still going on in the background, kind of tracking your transactions so that you can, when you're ready to kind of, you know, take stock and, and start over again, you have the data and you don't have to start from scratch, which you often have to do when you're kind of typing things into a spreadsheet or, you know, looking at your checkbook or, or making notes by hand. It, it's a system that will continue to support you, even if you're not looking at it all the time. So that's my my number one way to track.
1: Hmm. I love Mint. Um. In fact, I think I started using it at, at your suggestion about a year ago, or maybe six, about nine months ago, actually. Awesome. I love it. It sends you emails. You know, <laughs> you you spent X amount of dollars this month. Normally you spend this amount. <laughs> you know, and it's <laughs> it's just a great reminder to go in there and spend some time with your money and and you know have that that time with it so that you do know where things are going. Um, for me, that tracking mechanism works really well, and I like what you said too about how it works in the background because um not that this is becoming a mint commercial or anything, but, <laughs> but I, it does, it really does work in the background. And, and um, I guess, you know, the thought of sitting there and plugging in all the details uh, into a spreadsheet, you know, who has time for that? This, this is, I, I love this system. So anyway, wow. thank you for that tip. <laughs>
0: yeah. and
1: And it's cool too, because it's, um, you know, like, like what I like about your financial planning advice really is that you understand that money cannot and should not be compartmentalized. You know, it's not just this little thing that sits over here on the shelf, you know, that it's it's happening. It's impacting all areas of your life and it's happening in the background while we, you know, while you're doing something else. But um, yeah. I also read on your blog that, well, yeah I also read on your blog that um you said making good money has nothing to do with prosperity, and I think you know in that same vein i I kind of get it but what do you what do you mean by this? What do you mean by this well a,
2: a perfect example of this is actually um somebody another uh, uh personal finance expert in the internet sphere or whatever you want to call that. Jacquette Timmons is a friend of mine and she was just talking about how she had the opportunity to talk to some um, rookies, 2013 basketball rookies. uh, And this was a while ago, but she said just because right now you're rich based on how much money they are making doesn't mean you're wealthy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. making good money, money can be gone tomorrow. And that's what happens a lot of times in the financial planning sphere is that people see how much money they spend and they're horrified by oh my gosh Mm
0: -hmm. because
2: you know you get your paycheck and your expense you know anybody whose expenses are less than the money they make they're like okay we've we've jumped that first hurdle that um you know we're not going into debt we're we're basically supporting ourselves in that situation but which is great. That's fantastic, especially when I run into so many people who have lost jobs or are in situations where they're, you know, struggling to make sense of things. So so for me, though, and then beyond that is the opportunity to uh, really understand what is prosperity and what is wealth because, to me, that's a more spiritual, uh, you know, step than just being rich or just having money. It's that the money that you have is working for you in the best possible way to create the life that you want to have. Because if you're just making great money, and you're, and for me it was making great money and tied to a desk and working too many hours and not having time for anybody else in the world, then I'm not wealthy. Uh, mm. But then, you know, really flipping around my life so that I have time for the people who I love, I have time for the pursuits that I want to engage in, and I have a business that sustains me and fulfills me, then that to me is true wealth. And a lot of times people say, well, you know, you can be wealthy without being rich, and I agree with that too, but I also want to make sure that, you know, in my world, uh, being wealthy does have to do with financial uh, financial results too because i think that the more we don't demonize money and we make money mean that this is you know a tool for us to use to make everybody around us better too uh the more the less what people will be uh feel bad or feel guilty for really asking for what they want financially and so i try not to see that um, you know, if somebody wants prosperity, if somebody wants wealth, to me, that means so much more than money. But I also acknowledge that money is the tool that helps us get there more faster, more effectively, and more easily if we let that into our lives along with these other things that, that money will get for us, like freedom um, and, you know, everything that I just listed, uh, fulfillment and freedom and, and everything else.
1: Yeah, that that is so true. I've you know, i okay, so I've pondered <laughs> pondered the meaning of abundance a lot of times in my life and it's many different meanings and layers that it, you know, it has with it. And there's one thing that I can I continue to struggle with and that's it seems that there's an unspoken rule in the spiritual community that, you know, spiritual teachers or or thought leaders are somehow less authentic if they have Wealth, and I like what you're saying about you know wealth it doesn't necessarily mean money. money is the tool that gets you there, and I like how you put that um, so anyway i've you know I've tried to uh to reconcile this in my own world, my own reality, and I like what you said uh, um, again on your blog. I like what you said about um, owning your financial ambition, and this this, I felt like was a challenge to me and I like it. I like the challenge,
0: <laughs> yeah. but
1: can you explain what, why that's important owning your financial ambition?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because so, so, so many people, like you said, feel like they can be spiritual or they can be rich <laughs> or however you <laughs> want to put it in, in non-spiritual terms. And what i'm saying is that and so for me from my spiritual standpoint uh you know basically every one of us here was uh, whatever you want in your life that's what you're here to do and so for me i don't see if somebody wants to be rich or somebody wants to have more money or somebody wants to have a beautiful home i don't see that as a conflict with their spirituality because it's possible um, you know, I see us all as examples for other people. I, I see, you know, everybody has something to learn from everybody else. And so if you are walking this path that you get to have a beautiful, and I'll just say the beautiful mansion of the home to serve as an inspiration for some people um, to play out the the job that you have to do in this life from a spiritual standpoint, then I don't see any any contradiction in that for people. So so when I see people wanting something and yet not wanting something, to me, they aren't owning up to basically their own spiritual journey. Because if you want something, Mm -hmm. that's what you're supposed to have. And you know, we can take that to the absurd degree saying I want my sister dead or, you know, obviously that, you know, that's taking it to an absurd standpoint. But I also don't think that any of us dream about things that we aren't supposed to have. And so what I notice when I work with people is that, you know, the person who is, just starting out in the world is never dreaming of a $3 million mansion. He or she's dreaming of the cute little starter home. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, at some point they might be dreaming of a $3 million mansion. But for me, most of the time people's dreams make sense. And so when you deny it, you're denying yourself the growth that you need to take on to get yourself to what that desire is. And so for me, whenever I've had any kind of money block, it really has been about how am I blocking myself energetically and spiritually uh, and denying myself and not believing in myself. And so owning your financial ambition to me is also owning the spiritual growth that you need to take on in this life to be more of service to other people. So every time I go through a money block, I end up finding a way to be of service to more people. And so for me, I see a huge connection between owning your financial ambition and and spiritual growth, which, I mean, I could probably go on for this for hours, so I'll, I'll wrap sure, it up there. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. That's, that's beautiful. So much of what you said just just gave me chills, so <laughs> I love that. Awesome. Um, <laughs> So you're currently offering a pilot program. Is that available for the general public, or yeah? Well, yes. What is and that? And so I
2: call it. So I'm calling it a pilot program because for me, the pilot part of it allows me to play a little bit, and so the, it, it speaks to one of my values, which is to move forward imperfectly. And so I'll I'll tell you. Oh, what I like the, that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I always say that I am a warrior, of, a warrior, a warrioress or a huntress or a warrior of mm-hmm. imperfection because I think everybody when it comes to money has to be because uh, nothing is ever perfect. You know, nothing is ever perfect in this world. And so the more you move forward, the more progress you make regardless of whether or not it's perfect uh and so the pilot part of this allows me this value of of moving forward imperfectly and so i'll tell you the perfect so i mean the first you know i i don't know i think about other programs i've offered i've always had this thing in my mind that every piece of content has to be done and I offer it to people, and if it doesn't land perfectly, then I get super frustrated because I've already spent like 40 hours on the content. <laughs> and why isn't this working for you? And so this time, the reason it's a pilot is that I am basically doing a call a month and and interacting with people in a private community and basically saying, what do you need? What do you need to move forward this year uh move forward imperfectly, but also move forward with more attention to your money all year long. Because I realize that, you know, something catches somebody's eye or somebody has to make a decision with their money, and then maybe they don't think about it for two months. And then, you know, same as I did with my exercise program, uh-oh, I need to get back on this. And so this program, and I'm calling it Money Boss, is helping you be a boss of your money, but giving you kind of that monthly check-in to remind you, oh, yeah, this is something important to me. But as we go, I am uh, basically going to be producing more content based on the needs of the pilot group. And so if somebody... You know, this. we're filling the community, um, you know, that last month and this month. But basically if somebody says, oh, Mindy, I've got a lot of debt to pay off, then I'll be like, well, you know, you don't have to share the debt with me. But here's a great tool to figure out how to pay that off faster or when this will be paid off if you do exactly the same thing. And you get, you know, my perspective on how to think about that going forward. Or maybe another person says, oh, I put off saving for retirement too long. And, and so as people tell me what they're struggling with, I'm going to start creating more and more tools so that if you look up six months from now, there's going to be a library of resources for people, new people coming into the community. But right now for the pilot program, they get to help me build this and help me figure out, you know, how can I speak to everybody's needs and, you know, really pay attention to what people are thinking about right now so that I can be responsive to that rather than what's in my own mind about what people should be learning about. So so by the end of the year, you should have a comprehensive financial financial plan but you haven't had to like ignore it and pick it up again and ignore it and pick it up again (laughs) um you know throughout the years you do it so so yeah that's the that's the pilot and of course anybody's welcome to that um you know anybody who wants to experiment and and you know get more from their money in the coming year and and likes to play a little bit with kind of a, a looser format i would love to have anybody that would care to join that
1: And and how can our listeners connect with you then to take and participate in that program?
2: Well, if they, uh, so of course, everybody can go to my website. It's creativemoney.biz, B-I-Z. And then if you uh, basically forward slash and then type in money and then a dash and then boss, that should get you there. And it's so funny that I'm actually going to I don't I couldn't believe that I actually knew that off the top of my head. So now I'm assuming it's going to be wrong. So let me just
1: um make sure I, that I, that I will include it. Yeah, I'll include the link in the show notes then too. Um oh, probably yeah. You can just click on and jump on over to your site. Exactly, so.
2: exactly. Yeah, because I um I do you know, you can't just click and join right now. I do have an application process because um, you know, I, I am trying to limit it a little bit so that not every single person that applies gets in, but you know, people from your community are exactly the kind of people I'm looking for. So, mm-hmm. you know, I imagine that anyone that's interested, even even at the end of the day, I would just love to connect and and say hello to those people even if ultimately they oh, decided nice. not to join the program. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Perfect. Well, Mindy, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. I just love your energy and what you offer to the world. It's so, so valuable. And I'm so happy that we have connected and that I get to share your your brain with all all of my listeners. (laughs) Such an awesome treat. So thank you so much for joining me today. And, again, um, you know, if you want to connect with Mindy, please check out our website, the creative it's creativemoney.biz and again I'll include that in the show notes but as we depart here do you have any last words of wisdom that you would like to share you know my only
2: my only words of wisdom is uh just encouraging people that just because your financial life doesn't match what Sue orman says it should doesn't mean that you have to opt out of the conversation that You know, whatever your money life is right now, it's awesome, as imperfect as it is, and everybody has the same awesome opportunity to move forward in possibility. And so I just really encourage you to do that moving forward into this new year.
1: Excellent.
0: Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, my pleasure to be here. Thank you.
0: Wow, wasn't that just such a great interview? What a way to start off 2015. If you are interested in checking out Mindy's programs, just click on the link below, www.creativemoney.biz. Check out her pilot program and see what it's all about. And let her know that I sent you. And in the meantime, if you liked the show, you can let others know about it by leaving a rating for the Goddess Diaries Radio. Your ratings help others find this podcast, and it also fills the world with more goddess goodness. So you can head on over to iTunes and leave your rating. And for that, I have put a link in the description page here on Blog Talk Radio and back at the blog. So I hope that you are having a fabulous start to your new year, and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening.